Welcome to episode 18 of the Film Student Podcast. I'm your host, Tony Lazaroni. On this week's show, I sit down with Scott Fenton, my classmate in the Cyan cohort, and we talk about Scott's early acting success, the wonderful world of commercial advertising, and one of my favorite projects this year, Scott and Ian's Catch Video. On with the show. I always wanted to go in entertainment. That was kind of my uh, dream uh, growing up. And it wasn't just a dream. Let's let's clarify. It was somewhat of a reality for you. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> great point. Uh, humble brag. I was a child star growing up in my own mind. But uh, for, for real, I growing up, I did um, I did participate in in local theater, and I also had an agent. Humble brag. Uh, his name was uh, Sam Samuelson. Great guy, uh, and I did the whole kind of uh, acting in Chicago type thing. So growing up, my I would get picked up from school around like two o'clock in the afternoon. I'd go downtown for a audition for a bunch of random things, and I remember uh, you know never got really got anything. Then I had a hot streak. Yeah. Uh, for when I was in the sixth grade, I, I ended up landing a Frosted Flakes commercial. Um, I was a uh, a goalie, and you probably saw my face for about 0.5 seconds, and you got a money shot of my knee. <laughs> and that's where kind of things just took off for me. The next uh, gig I got was I was a diabetic patient named Todd uh, for a corporate um, uh, uh, video that they would show at uh, Abbott Laboratories. And then uh, from that point on, you know, I was just the, the toast of the, the small little suburban town I grew up in until <laughs> I became uh, you know, high, I became a high schooler. And then I kind of just start, started focusing on sports. Um, but after, after high school and I got out of um, acting in, entirely, um, I always knew I kind of wanted to go back in entertainment. I didn't know what part of it I wanted to do, and so I thought that um, you know I loved um, I loved advertising. And I thought if there's really good like the people who the brands are posting like the really like cool stuff mm-hmm. um, like stuff was memorable. I wanted to make that, so I thought well, advertising would be a great way to balance both um, the entertainment aspect and the stuff that I wanted to do right. that creative route, but also uh, gave me some business chops. And mm-hmm. so uh, my first kind of gig. Um, or that really got me into that that field was with um, a media company in Chicago called Starcom, and the group I was part of was, was called Liquid Thread, and it was mm-hmm. a branded content team, and I was working on um, some really cool stuff for them for their Kellogg's and Kraft Heinz business. <laughs> so you were and, yeah, full circle back to cereal. <laughs> yes, yes, and uh, is actually really cool. The uh, the project I was working on that summer as an intern was for um, Frosted Mini Wheats. And I had to pitch. Um, I, I actually pitched an idea that was actually executed with a, nice. up, with Upright Citizens Brigade. Oh um, wow! And John Lutz, and it was a web series. It was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> um, because when you get, when you get into that kind of corporate aspect, especially with uh, like Kellogg's, you know, who's very um, conservative with yeah. what they wanted to do in terms they of they beat the funny out of it. They beat the funny completely out of yeah. it. And and so it was cool. Like as a intern that summer, pitching an idea that actually got executed to senior level mm-hmm. clients, and then seeing it go through like months later. Uh, I mean, they kind of ruined the, the whole idea, but yeah. I was like, hell yeah. They do, they do some sketchy stuff like that. Um, the uh, the weird one for me, um, you ever heard of Don Hertzfeld? Um, no. He did this series of like uh, cartoon, animated cartoons uh, called like Rejected and uh, a couple others. It was white, white backdrop, little stick figure mm. type characters. Uh, and just horrendous things happening to them, like blood everywhere. Like just oh wait, I have yes, yeah. I have okay, seen so you know those. what I'm talking. Okay. Uh, that Maybe, an- okay, go that animation style got copped by uh, Pop Tarts. Like yes. if you go watch their their ad campaign for the past like three four years, something like that, they've got kind of the same little characters, 
And I always thought, oh, they must have hired Don Hertzfeld to do it. No, they just completely copped his style, like down to wow. like the kind of the the, the wiggly animation mm-hmm. type. It's it's completely stolen from him, and he's apparently very pissed about it. Like you should be, you know. <laughs> it's it's they stole his essence, but and then just made it not entertaining and not anywhere in his world of of characters. Yeah. Um, but funny, yeah, it's funny story about those Pop Tarts commercials. Yeah. So they are actually are they, they are, are they funny. your uh, no, are they're not they? my idea. <laughs> but um, I had a buddy in in high school who his mom was connected to some like research group who would take these commercials out and do testing. So they'd mm-hmm. show them to like the public first, get some feedback before they actually aired. Mm-hmm. And uh, for some reason, they, he thought I'd be a good friend to have over and have this marketing group come in at his living room and do a testing session, watching these uh, pop tarts ads, <laughs> these pop tart ads. <laughs> and uh, I remember. <laughs> They showed the ad, and I was, like, laughing hysterically. I thought it was, like, the funniest thing I'd, I'd watched that night, and I was a stupid, like, 16-year-old kid. And afterwards, and they are paying us to give them feedback, and afterwards they go, so, uh, thoughts? And I go, yeah, it was really funny. And they go, so would you buy it? And I was like, oh, I don't know. I think, uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I laughed at it, but that doesn't make me want to go out and buy it. And I think we gave them that same feedback all three of us for like an hour and we it's probably the worst oh. like market research session they've ever had but shot to pop tarts are funny commercials well, but it, it could be that that could be really useful because at the end of the day you are still trying to get them to actually make the make the buy at the end of it yeah, um, i guess <laughs> it, yeah. i i worked in radio advertising for like mm-hmm. right out of college for a minute and and it was horrible but i got to do some of the ad copy and stuff like that and mm-hmm. It was fun coming up with it, but at the end of the day, I'm like, I have no clue if anybody's actually ever going to buy this this product based on what I've written up here. But they 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 push so much in radio ads of, mm-hmm. of just sell it, like just sell it, stick it out uh, on the air, like get them to spend fifty thousand dollars to test your idea. And I'm like, I can't do that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, well, it's not like you watch those Pop commercials. It's not like I mean, they're all doodles. It's not yeah. like I'm it's not like I'm seeing an appetizing pastry. Right, right. <laughs> it's a doodle. <laughs> There's nothing getting me to actually buy it. I need to go to like Sam's Club or one of those where they do like the samples. Mm, like that, that will walk get me. Around, test the, those I will buy. Yeah. Like you give me a free sample and I'm like, this is delicious. I will buy that yeah. thing. That works. Let me walk around Sam's Club for a couple hours and I yeah. have a good time. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so, so yeah, so you, what made you choose this school out of kind of going anywhere so I, you could have? Yeah, so it? then. Fast forward, I'm in account management doing kind of boring stuff mm-hmm. at ad agencies in the past couple of years. And um, it just wasn't, it was fun like working with creatives and like seeing like our like strategy and vision come through. But I didn't feel like I was um, necessarily doing what I wanted to do creatively. And I always kind of had, uh, I had done some short films in college that mm-hmm. I, was really, I really enjoyed. And I always thought that um, I would love to write and see how you know, I could actually create my own stories right. in the entertainment space. So uh, when I first saw that, Harold Ramis Film School is a thing. My mom actually sent me this. She goes, oh, look at this. It looks really cool. You should totally like apply. And I applied, and I got rejected. <laughs> and uh, Loki, I mean, it was, yeah, I, I think it was a really stupid application. <laughs> I'm not but it kind of has to be. like. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't think I really knew why I wanted to. I think when I wanted to apply at first, it was more so I was trying to escape my uh, mm. first job. And the second time around when I applied, I think I actually, like, kind of really figured out and got organized in terms of what I wanted this to be You to wanted be to for land me. here like, as opposed to use it as a... I wanted to land here. I had like kind of a clear vision as to like where I wanted this to take me and whether mm-hmm. it was take me back into... It, it, whether it was take me back into advertising mm-hmm. and go the creative route and just have like those creative chops like so could transition to a creative side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, that could be a fallback plan, but like obviously my dream would be to... Uh, like be a writer or work in mm-hmm. development and do the whole entertainment route. So I thought this would be a, 
not only compared to other film schools, one is a one one year thing, right? Uh, which is awesome, just because I don't want to be like twenty eight or twenty nine mm. by the time I'm out of here. Then kind of have to figure everything out at the end of my twenties, um, and then uh, so old, so <laughs> so late in life to be figuring that stuff out. Well, you've been doing this for ten years, so <laughs> you're pretty accomplished. Um, uh, but also the fact that it has the second city name, just because mm-hmm. I've lived in Chicago my whole life, obviously know who's coming through these doors. And yeah, you're one of the few local people. Like yeah. a lot of our class came from from out of the middle of nowhere, and mm-hmm. so it's kind of interesting that, that you're you're like that thing up the street. I want to go do that. <laughs> yeah, I was like Ian will always like say, oh, there's this bar around my uh, apartment, like. Name. He goes, I go, and I always go, yeah, yeah, I've been to that place. And he goes, cool, the kid from Chicago, <laughs> been everywhere around the city. I'm like, shut <laughs> up, dude. <laughs> Listen to Scott. He's from here. <laughs> yeah, I know things. You got questions about Chicago, let me know. I've only, only lived in the north suburbs my whole life until just recently, a couple years ago. But what, uh, so you, you mentioned that you want to work in like maybe development or, or writing or something like that. Mm-hmm. What style, what kind of stuff are you into? Who, who, what kind of projects would you like to work on? I would love to work on something at HBO. Just mm-hmm. so I can say the word fuck. <laughs> I think it makes everything funnier. Um, <laughs> no, I love... It's kind of hard because I'm, I'm figuring out my own stuff here. I think all the ideas I've come up with so far in terms of my own writing have been for features. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would love to work on um, you know something with you know, my viewpoint and my point of view. It's very similar. It's kind of... Kind of Larry David-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty raunchy. I think there's a little bit of like that whole like Seth Rogen, like uh, James Franco, buddy, buddy stuff. I, I write a lot of like buddy, bro, yeah, quotation mark uh, comedy type. You pitched something today with cross dressing. Yeah, uh, <laughs> which I, which I think is money if I can <laughs> figure out the tone and the story correctly. Um, and I don't want it to be as goof in this cross-dressing he's referring to is this idea I have. It's, I promise you it's not the next white chicks. No, it's not. It's, um, it's better it's more, than that. It's more in line with, like, with that. Like Bosom Buddies. Remember that yeah, show yeah. with Tom Hanks? So uh, hopefully it's cool. But, um, yeah, raunchy, like kind of bro comedy. Um, I am of the Jewish faith, so I have uh, a lot of that built into my kind of POV and the stories <laughs> I tell and just the experience <laughs> that I've had. Um, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's kind of kind of me. And you want to try and write that stuff for or uh, uh, the development thing was interesting for me because that was something I'd not considered coming into the program. But then when we had, were you there for when we had the two women from Comedy Central yeah. coming in? So about- I I wasn't considering development until after they came in, and I was like, holy crap! Like this is some really cool stuff. Yeah, uh, I could see myself doing this. Uh, not only would it be um, uh, fulfilling from a creative standpoint, mm-hmm. being able to like collaborate with like awesome comedians and you know figure out new shows and reading through scripts and coverage mm-hmm. and getting my kind of uh viewpoint and uh input out there uh, but also you know you get that kind of business side of mm-hmm. it where you have a little stability right right, right. and uh there seems there's to actually be, a, a company that you work for the job yes. will be there for some you know definable period of time that is yeah beyond and, and three when months. Comic central came in i love the fact that she talked about you know her job was to basically go out, find new talent, read through a bunch of scripts, see comedy, see stand-up comedians every single mm-hmm. night, figure out who be the next uh, guy with a unique voice and mm-hmm. something that he can contribute and like tell a story that just needs to be told. And like, I feel like I feel like I know funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not you know you know what you like. I feel like I, I know what I like, and uh, I feel like that could be something that I'd be like very interested in. So yeah, um, wasn't really thinking about that before. I kind of had just my sights that on being a writer but i think 
development is definitely something I want to look into. Yeah, it was one of those things that I'd known that it existed as a as a thing, like that you signed a development deal, but I never really thought about, oh, there's a department at mm-hmm. X company whose sole job is to then help you figure that thing out. I guess I always assumed it was like, in their downtime, the directors of the shows would like help look at this stuff, and, right, and yeah. you didn't, you don't think about, all right, who are the who are the cogs in the actual wheel that are that are making this happen? For, There's a lot for of players people. that we never really think about outside yeah. of those. I've started watching uh, when I go to, to movies, just watching the credits a little bit more intently right. to to see like what what's going on with it. And the 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 one that cracked me up was um, Infinity War. Uh, because it gets down to the art department stuff, mm-hmm. and that's where you get into to all the um, all the animators. And this that movie was so big as far as special effects and animation goes. They have like fifteen animation houses that are working on it, yeah. and so they get through like the first one, and you're thinking that's the one. And there's you know the sea of names where they don't even they don't even stack them. They put them like rows of names that go the full width of the screen to mm-hmm. get everybody's name in there, and it still goes on and eats up the whole screen for you know one full scroll. Uh, and then they get to the next one, and then it's another list just like that. <laughs> Since being in film school and kind of, I think it was just working on on sets the first yeah. couple of times, I now have such immense respect for yeah. every single person's role, no matter like leading it. Like I, I, like you said, I go to the movie theaters and I look at those credits, and mm-hmm. it's like, wow, I'll never see your name again. But that was amazing stuff, and like yeah. the work that goes into it is like, oh my god! Like these people are so specialized in certain areas. That yeah, it's like amazing. And everything takes some some level of talent. I mean, we're for one of the productions here looking for somebody to to run the boom, and we're we're having to be careful about who you get because you want to get somebody who's a little bit more intelligent about where they're pointing the boom. You know, when do you move it? When uh, how do you move it so that it doesn't make extra noise? Like, you gotta, be, you gotta be tall to be a boom guy. Not necessarily. No. Yeah, I could be a boom guy. Yeah, you could be a boom guy. Cool. <laughs> if you wanted, if you wanted to run boom, you could. Yeah, I, feel like you um, be, I feel like boom guys are usually like big guys. You know, they can kind of reach different places. Not necessarily. Like it's, it doesn't, it doesn't hurt to be able to to reach higher with it because you can help, you can get it out of frame more. But if you are artful with where you put mm-hmm. it and you're you're good about you know positioning it so that you're getting a good sound out of it. I, I don't. I've seen plenty of people like Mike from underneath. Sure. Do you think in which link, case, like a LinkedIn uh, job posting for a boom guy would say um, height a plus? I don't know. Have you ever seen <laughs> one like that? No. I'm trying to figure out where, where these where these job <laughs> postings are. Not uh, well, there there was a uh, Mandy.com. Have you mm. ever looked at that one? No. Ma- uh, Mandy is a, is a site that I had looked at back when I lived in D.C. Um, it's very minimal for there. It's mostly like LA, but it's it's they have like a, a gig job board, uh, and they'll post and they'll, there's some that are unpaid, some that are paid, but they'll it's a good spot to go find some of these types of gigs. Uh, that's just one of many. Variety I think has their own uh, page now where you can go see like a, a job list through it. Uh, Craigslist is is a, a big one for that kind of stuff. Like it's. Do you trust Craigslist though? Uh. I trust myself to understand Craigslist enough to. Well, you're the, you're the Craigslist Inc. man. You're kind of. I'd say you're an expert in Craigslist. That does not make me an expert in Craigslist because uh-huh. I did get that second response, the <laughs> the, uh, uh, the the face tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say you're you're well versed with the characters of Craigslist. I th- this is true. If, honestly, if you spend a day doing anything Craigslist related, you will become well versed with the characters of Craigslist. Mm, Post that. any one <laughs> ad, and you will find you will find all the people coming out of the woodwork for that crap. Yeah, <laughs> totally right. Uh, so, 
as out of the program here so far. Now we're kind of at this not quite halfway. We finished the the first term, starting term two. What's what's the biggest thing that you've gotten out of this so far that you either uh, weren't expecting or you know have gotten a lot more of than you were expecting? I think um, like I wanted to come here because I wanted to figure out like how to write, how to format correctly, and not just like just blur like blab a bunch of stuff out on a piece of paper, but mm-hmm. actually like understand like how to set up a story in mm-hmm. a way that's digestible for an audience to understand. I think um, nothing here is really super like linear. Like you kind of have to like go around and come back and find your way through, and that's how you kind of understand the story. And I feel like um, now it's starting to click where like. I understand story structure for mm-hmm. like a 30 minute pilot or if I'm looking at a feature, yeah. um, all the work that kind of goes into it, not just like having the story, but thinking like thinking like through the actual plot itself and mm-hmm. like what are those moments that matter, like the key turning points um, and like, you know, even like outlining mm-hmm. a film for me was not something, not something I ever did. Like I, I felt like I felt pretty like good first first session when I had this like idea and I thought like I understood the whole story, but then it was like. There's so much work that goes into understanding the full thing and the full yeah. concept and mapping out and being organized. Um, I think you know being organized is one of those things that goes a long way in this business. Mm-hmm. And then I've also, I think one of the biggest takeaways I told to people who had asked me about school outside of it was uh, there's a big difference between making comedy and being funny. Okay. And um, I think... I can I can see that that makes can you sense. See that? Does that yeah, make yeah, sense? Yeah. Or is that kind of no no no? It's it absolutely makes sense because uh, I mean you can you can be a funny person and terrible at making something. Yeah. I've seen that in plenty. I've seen people that um, I've worked with on projects. I've seen people that have done their own stuff that are funny as hell, but have no understanding of how to translate that into a different medium. Yeah, like they know how to tell stories in in person, but if you ask them to film something. Some are intuitive enough and can figure it out and can put something up that's that's a, at least watchable. But mm-hmm. for the most part, many of them, yeah, they don't have the skills necessary for and it. What I mean by that, like, I, I'll go to, um, whether it be, like, a party or just out, and people will be like, oh, you're at Harold Ramis Film School. That's so cool. Like, yo, let's let's write a script together. Let's let's do this right now. Like, these people who come out of nowhere um, saying they want to start writing, and I go, okay. And so uh, then we'll, they'll, they'll always be funny, like, telling stories, and they'll yeah. be, like, a wild person. But then we get into, like... A scenario where I'm like, okay, let's let's meet up at like 8 a.m. and start writing some stuff. And then it's like, um, everything kind of goes out the window, and it's yeah, it's just very different. Nobody's actually in, and commitments uh, is is tough to find yeah. those people that are actually. That's what I was. The stuff's, messing su- with. The stuff's super hard, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and that's what I was messing with in DC is just trying to like I over time put together a group of people that were reliable and would continue mm-hmm. to come out to work on on the same stuff or or something new each time, but at any rate we're reliable enough you'll get plenty of people that are just going to be flakes and will yeah. show up like for one thing maybe other thing, things they'll, they'll they'll abandon last minute because to them it's like something else that they're doing on the weekend as opposed to like our main thing that we're focused on mm-hmm. like trying to finish a project uh so it's been it's been helpful to, to make some stuff speaking of which so you've got going back to the the kellogg story you did the the e true hollywood story um <laughs> of yourself like the fictionalized version of it for uh, for your first project what else have you done uh, um project wise so yeah, i did the e true hollywood story as if it was very like uh, christopher guest mm-hmm. chris lily um inspired um that's basically about a, a you know i always thought it was funny if there was a, a kid if, if it was me if I could show that in the Eastwood Hollywood story uh, style and kind of spin it as if I was somebody who had totally kind of fell off and had like the child uh, child star burnout. So, yeah. so that was fun. That was my first project. The second one I did, um, which I'm, I'm like not 
as like excited about, but it, I think it turned out okay for like my second uh, project here. It was called Glenn. Mm-hmm. Um, it starred the great Dustin Chilton, <laughs> Adrian Trash- <laughs> former Trash- guest Kowski, on the show, former guest on the show, uh, and Dan Hicks. And it was uh, it was it was an adaptation of uh, a Second City sketch um, where a couple comes home and they find that uh, the girl's uh, roommate uh, is after a first date. Um, her roommate is her older brother, Glenn, mm-hmm. and it's uh, this guy wielding nunchucks in a uh, <laughs> in a life and beater. breaking nunchucks and breaking nunchucks <laughs> uh, and just uh, weird on top of weird on top of weird and it's a little raunchy and there's some uh, weird stuff in there but um, that's what I kind of like and uh, yeah. it, it was it was funny and that was that for me was like the first time I've ever really done like a a real shoot where I had mm-hmm. like not just my friends acting in it, but like actual legit actors. We had to go on, on set. We went out to Evanston yeah. uh, department. We had we were pretty time crunch. And so it was like my first time really running a set as a director and we yeah. had everybody there and kind of getting organized. And so I'll never forget that experience. And it's, I mean, it taught me a ton about like what I need to do in terms of prep moving forward. Yeah. Like you learn more about it just by doing it. Yeah. Like the, the first handful of sets I did, if I look back on that stuff, train wrecks like mm-hmm. complete train wrecks compared to what i would run now you know but i never nobody could have told me at that point in time like oh you can't have a, a writer's room with with 20 writers for a for a short film <laughs> like I, I i was like oh they're all funny they'll, i'll bring them all in they'll, they'll all be helpful for it no it's just a train wreck because you have mm-hmm. way too many cooks in the kitchen you know now it's like okay max like five people that i'll have in that room uh so five to, people get people you trust yeah you're like you that you understand that, like, their voice, yeah. what they're bringing to the table. When something stressful happens, you can like look to them and like, yeah. If you're in, if you're in shit, you're in shit together. But at least the people who are you're with or people who are cool, you can hang out with. Yeah. And like, you're not going to rip somebody's head off. At the end off. of the day, it's going to be okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and uh, and the other one that you did, term one, uh, I still love the catch video. <laughs> yeah. So we had to. I don't understand this. everyone's obsession with the catch video. To, we had to produce a catch video, and it had to be somehow recording a game of catch, and it it could be between anyone or anything. And uh, so, like, I did it with Will Will Wilcox from from uh, previously on the show. Like, he and, he and I went out and did one in our in our alleyway behind our house, and like threw a football around, turned into a cabbage, turned into you know whatever. Uh, you and Ian went out and started playing catch with statues. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it is one of the most. But we, I had things. so much anxiety leading up to our video because it was like one of the last ones shown, and I watched your guys. I was like, "Damn, <laughs> you pulled the cabbage bit." <laughs> that was a good. That was a good call. You guys, but that's the thing: everybody else did actual games to catch, and yours was unique in that it was your so playing we, with we inanimate out, objects. So we went outside, and we we're walking through, we're walking past Lincoln Park Zoo, out to like the, I guess Lincoln Park, and. um we're walking around and it was pretty cold that day and I I go okay so how do you want to do this and I think his original idea was that he wanted me to just like throw the ball up in the air like really high and he was going to be like man catch used to be fun when I played with my old dad not my now his dad it was like something about his like dad being dead and like yeah. didn't have anybody to play catch with anymore he was playing catch with himself <laughs> and uh we were walking past a statue a statue and I was like well, I'm going to like play catch with the statue and you can just It'd be, it'd be really weird, but we could film it kind of like handheld, like office style, and like, yeah. like weird zooms here and there. And um, we did it three different times. And for some, I guess the last one had a nut. It was a nut shot, yeah, right in the nuts of the of the bronze statue. And I guess 
like Mossman laughed laughed his ass off. That was the funniest <laughs> thing ever. And I was like, wow, <laughs> I guess this really resonates with people. It, and, we keep on telling you guys go film more of those. Like I think we, we, should. we will. The, the, I've, I sent you a picture of the the Tin Man statue that's in uh, in one of the parks. Yeah, I'm just, you know, well, in Oz Park they have Oz, is Oz uh, Park. Mm-hmm. Uh, shows just, how much I know about Chicago just west, so far. Just west of here. Um, I should trust. I should trust you on it. You're from here. Yeah, <laughs> Dorothy. They've got. I think they have the Tin Man and the Lion. Maybe yeah. More. If he has. If he has no more statues that are kind of cool. He's got to be a scarecrow. If you've got the other three, I don't know. Well, hopefully, there's a scarecrow somewhere. But at any rate. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, you guys should go do more. More of those. They're ridiculous. Did you post that publicly someplace? It's on my website. Okay. Because yeah. I'm, uh, that's the other thing is I'll I'll post stuff afterwards. So uh, to post it to the website for people to check out. So yeah. I'm going to drive people to go see. I, this, I had a friend who checked out my website a couple weeks ago. He goes, just came across the catch video, laughed my ass off. And exactly. I was like, it's I great. don't get it, but but it that's works. the thing. You, I don't have to get it. It, I feel the same way about like the disaster artist, mm. uh, the the room. It's it's inexplicably one of the best comedies you'll ever see even though it was never intended to be that way whatsoever <laughs> hi mark <laughs> oh hi mark hi mark denny kiss him denny oh, hi doggy hi, <laughs> we're gonna go upstairs <laughs> you can stay down here <laughs> oh Weirdest denny movie. i watched 10 minutes of that movie and i was like what am i watching <laughs> it, have you seen it in a theater no they were like the room or disaster yeah. artist no the the uh, the room you have to go to like one of the like the midnights. So DC, I know they do midnight screens. There's probably a place around here that does them, um, but they'll do like a midnight screening, and it's kind of like Rocky or a picture show. Like people will bring yeah, things. things. Uh, they'll they'll like the thing you need to take so that you're prepared for it mm-hmm. is a package of plastic like disposable spoons. Because during the course of the night, anytime they show, I don't know if you've ever noticed, uh, but in in his apartment, whoever did the art design for that <laughs> for that film, just needed to put up photos, and so they went and found these things that look like almost like Easter Island spoons, you know, like the he- yeah. Easter Island heads, but it's just spoons, and they have a couple of them, like a couple of framed photos of spoons, and so whenever those come come up in, in these screenings, people will take their plastic, they'll yell spoon and chuck spoons at the screen. <laughs> <laughs> And so it's just hundred hundred people throwing. Can you imagine being plastic. the set designer for that? Oh, like what's the brief? Like what do you? <laughs> it's total insanity. How do you even like figure out like spoons is the way to go? But I think the more magical one was the the people that did it for the movie, the Disaster Artist, that had to clone that stuff as best they possibly yeah. could. Like, and, and you saw the, the Disaster Artist? Nope. Oh, you need to see that because at the end of the, in the credit sequence, they do the remake scenes that they filmed with mm-hmm. their actors matching the original scenes like shot side by shot. side uh yeah shot for shot like matching them as, as close as they can and they did a really good job on 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 a lot of them getting them as close as possible to the original material um like eerily so in some cases match matching it up almost down to the pacing of the actual lines that's being yeah that's on my definitely on my watch list of yeah. things to watch i always wanted to watch the whole the whole the room first which yeah. i which I did. It was horrible, and I just need to. You need to. We, you need to see to one, of, one of those screens. Like, we let's let's get a group together. Let's go find one of those like midnight screenings and go check them out. Because that's that's the way you have to see it. That's the way you you, you really appreciate it to see it in the theater, uh, the way that that people originally did. All right, and let's put it on calendars. We'll find it, and then we'll go. It's magical. It's okay. magical. Uh, all right. Well, so kind of in wrapping up here, any. Um, uh, any final thoughts as far as if somebody were considering trying to come to Harold Ramis Film School or looking at film school in general? Any recommendations? Any thoughts behind that? Yeah, I think uh, Harold Ramis is um, a great place if mm-hmm. you're 
uh, looking for kind of a, a one-year program as opposed to like a three-year traditional film school. Uh, I think you have some of the best teachers of, in comedy in the mm -hmm. country here, as well as, um, you know, as the school gets uh, more legitimate, obviously, with like the huge DePaul merger uh, mm -hmm. and all these different things going on. Like, Chicago is a fantastic city. Yeah. Uh, it's unreal. I mean, I've, I've been to New York and L.A. I, I love Chicago and I'm biased because it's my home. Um, it's but easier to get around here than it is in either of the other two. And easier to get so around. You can get to the things. Like the, the, There's good things going on in all three cities. This one you can actually get to them in a reasonable amount of time. Yeah, I feel like people here are just level-headed. Like yeah. get that whole Midwest thing and like Midwest people here chill. are grinding and everyone's hustling. Everyone's here trying to like make their mark and whether it be in entertainment or mm -hmm. whatever else trying to do. Like Everyone here has the same purpose of like it's a really cool community of like people who are collaborators. Um, and they all want to do awesome work and everyone's hustling and grinding and trying to like make the best stuff. Yeah. And then, um, I, th and I think the people here I've met, um, you know, are some of my like really like good friends and mm -hmm. like I get these people being people that I work with like for the rest of my right. life. And so, um, I love how it's such like an intimate, like it's a boutique film school. Mm -hmm. Um, and like you have this, uh, class of, you know, 10 to 15 kids that you're with every single day for a whole year. Mm -hmm. And like, what's better than going to a school where all you're doing is you're making comedy and yeah. like that for me that was like one of the big reasons why I came here was because mm -hmm. I wanted to go to a comedy film yeah. school like I wanted to focus on comedy that's my jam and of course you can come here and you don't have to just do comedy like we've seen co uh, classmates and other people like make stuff with the more serious mm -hmm. thing but as long as you're like learning like the great story like how to tell the story in the right way and like you have world-class <laughs> teachers here guys um you're gonna like be so pleased with your experience. Yeah, yeah you get the practice, awesome. go through those emotions, get the yeah. put, put it together, understand how, how things will, and, and mm -hmm. make a make an actual film, or 10 or 20. Exactly. <laughs> it winds up being. Uh, well, if people want to try and track you down on social media, find the website, maybe find your podcast, yeah. uh, how can they find all that stuff? So, all right, I'll, I'll plug these things. The plug, uh, the plug hour. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> the plug minute. Um, my website, uh, where you can find my portfolio and stuff, is www.scottfentoncomedy.com. Super simple. Um, my social handles, you want to follow me on Twitter? I'm a good Twitter follow. I do a lot of ranting about sports, <laughs> but it's always the comedic, uh, comedic angle. It's at Hey, it's Fenton. Okay. Super simple. Uh, Instagram is at Scotty does know with two Y's. Scotty doesn't know, but Scotty does know. Scotty does know. Um, and then I'm actually doing a podcast right now uh, with a childhood friend of mine, uh, both uh, uh, big big sports guys, but it's, it's about uh, sports and pop culture. They're mm -hmm. our episodes. Uh, this is a brand new thing for me as of uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, but it's funny. Give it a listen. Recall, it's at uh, Sync Podcast. I N S Y N C podcast. So we do. We're both not to be confused with the with the boy band In Sync. As you confuse the boy band In Sync, it's it, well, it's a nod to them. Okay. A little nod. We do. Uh, so we're in sync with one another as co-hosts. Okay. But it's a nod to the great in sync because we do end every episode with bye bye bye. <laughs> so uh, yeah, give us a listen. Awesome. Hey, Tony, this is great. Yeah, man. Hey, I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, I appreciate you. That was Scott Finn. Be sure to check out Scott's podcast, The In Sync Podcast, available now on SoundCloud. Thank you to Scott and to the Harold Ramis Film School and Second City staff for their help. The song on this week's episode was All In by the Great Heights Band off their new album, Rad Pop, available now on iTunes and Google Play. This show is recorded and edited by me, Tony Lazzaroni. 
If you want to hear more from me and my classmates, teachers, and a few special guests, make sure to subscribe to the podcast. If you have questions or comments, send us an email at filmstudentpod at gmail.com or find us on Twitter and Instagram at filmstudentpod. And be sure to check out some of my and my classmates' work at filmstudentpod.com. Our newest post is Scott and Ian's catch video, the one we mentioned in today's episode. Check it out. See you all next week. Class dismissed. <laughs>